Welcome in, coming to you from the Concurrent Media Studio in the heart of Citrus County. However you're making this part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, through the Concurrent mobile app or website, I am sure glad you're joining. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. You have a ton of choices from traveling to spending time with family to avoiding the work that you might not want to do before the holiday, and you are choosing to spend these 10 to 12 minutes with me. For that, I am eternally grateful. Uh, Also, I'm thankful to the Chamber, as well as to the Chronicle, uh, the prior, for the 40 Under 40 award I received on Friday, the latter for publicizing it on Sunday. If you didn't get a chance uh, to see the other 39 names, I encourage you to go to the Chamber website uh, and look them up, or uh, maybe try and find a Sunday Chronicle. You can definitely find the E-Edition on their website. Because the bench that we have here in Citrus is remarkable, uh, and even more so than that list is that uh, these names only scratch the surface of all the talent that is here. Uh, There is a county commission meeting today about one hour from now, and it is a big one. Of course, by this I mean it is interim county administrator Maricel Garcia's first and only as county administrator. (laughs) Okay, there's some other stuff happening too. Uh, The two new commissioners, Rebecca Bays and Diana Finnegan, will be sworn in at the beginning of the meeting. And then a vote will take place to decide the board's leadership. First vice chair, Commissioner Ruthie Schlebaugh, is the expected chairwoman followed by uh, Commissioner Holly Davis, who will then move from second vice chair, which she currently holds, to the first vice chair. And then my guess is that Commissioner Rebecca Bays will be nominated for second vice chair. Uh, This because she was passed over for chairwoman when she was on the board previously. Uh, Commissioner Jeff Kennard won't get the nomination because there's no guarantee that he will sit on the board after 2024, although he was unopposed in 2020, So my guess would be the chances are pretty good. Um, And that leaves new commissioner Diana Finnegan, who is certainly capable of being a chairwoman, but who will likely have to backbench it for a couple years uh, to no insult of her. Like I said, she's perfectly capable um, and she should treat this as an asset uh, to allow her to learn the ropes a little bit um, as the commissioners that came before her did as well. I got some good stuff for you today, uh, though I will be brief as uh, I know you are probably looking forward to that holiday. I do have some good reactions to the Chronicle editorial in about six minutes as well. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Let's get right into it. What is the role of government? I'm seriously asking. Take a moment and think to yourself, what do you believe the role of government should be? Did you say defense of its citizens? That's a common one. And while it's easier to recognize that uh, this means the armed forces at a national level, something like 40% of the general fund, I don't have the exact statistic in front of me, but I think that's right. Uh, Something like 40% of the general fund here in Citrus goes to public safety. But what else? What else is the role of government? Infrastructure might come second on your list and that would be entirely reasonable. Here's a way of shifting that perspective, though. Instead of 
thinking of all the things that government should be or do, why don't we instead think of all the things that private businesses or individuals shouldn't do? And when we think of it like this, a funny thing happens. Our current list reverses. Stay with me a second. A staunch Republican believes in and supports both a well-trained, well-funded law enforcement agency as well as an individual's right to defend oneself in their own home. Therefore, as important as defense of the citizenry is as a function of government, it is in reality also a responsibility of the individual. Now, what if I told that same person that the county is going to tell them they have to go pave their own road? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Of course, that's not something the individual is going to do. That's strictly the responsibility of government. I'm talking, of course, here about Inverness Villages 4. This is a subdivision of Inverness Acres, which in its totality uh, sprawls about 1,400 to 1,700 parcels in the city of Inverness. I think about three times that outside the city of Inverness uh, into the county. That's the uh, subdivision of Inverness Acres. Inverness Villages 4 is a smaller subsection of that, uh, and those numbers might be a little off. But uh, what we're talking about in Inverness Villages 4 uh, that's been in headlines recently, it's located in between Independence and 41 on the north side. So if you're on Independence, uh, there are several new construction homes off to the right if you're headed north. And the more you get back there, if you were to turn down one of those side streets toward Florida Avenue, toward 41, then you would quickly run out of pavement. Now, there's an important distinction to make here right off the bat. These are not private roads. If you live on a private road, that's fine. Then that's your responsibility to know what you're getting into as you go into that. That would be your responsibility to pave it. But that's not what this is. These were platted but never paved roads. But the county can only maintain roads, not initially pave them once they're developed. But these conditions are dangerous. And I hate to use that word. Too often we say something is dangerous when it's only inconvenient or unsettling. But the hazardous conditions these paths create are outright dangerous. And the citizens have brought forth a solution uh, to have a neighborhood municipal services benefit or MSBU levied on them so that they can raise the money to pay for the roads without the cost affecting other taxpayers in the county. But there's a catch. The hurdle that they've come across is a $450,000 engineering study that needs to be done before the roads uh, can be paved. And the citizens have asked the county to front that money, but the board, particularly the two outgoing members of the board, were unwilling to do so in the last meeting. Let me be clear about something. The residents of this area are not asking for $450,000 free of charge. That amount would be added to the MSBU with interest and paid back over time. The county is merely putting the money up front. Now, you might be thinking now, we're getting back into the territory of what private businesses can do and government shouldn't. Giving money and charging interest on it sounds an awful lot like what a bank does. So why should the government do what private business can as well? 
That argument is legitimate, though when it comes to protecting citizens and providing infrastructure, both of which are jobs number one and two of government, then I do think it's right that the county plays a role in this instance because the county can spread out the loan over a longer period of time, let's say 20 years instead of 10 years, and potentially offer a more favorable interest rate to be less of a burden on its citizens. All of this, remember, is in service of doing the two jobs that government is supposed to do. Outgoing Chairman Ron Kitchen shut down this discussion, initially blaming those who bought houses in the neighborhood for not doing their due diligence prior to purchasing. He feared a nanny state and that this would set a precedent for government helping certain neighborhoods. And his viewpoint is understandable after the disaster that was a median project in the Oak Village portion of Sugar Mill Woods that backfired when government, and specifically Commissioner Kitchen, got involved to help. But this one is such a no-brainer. Not only will government make money on the interest of the loan, but paved roads in that neighborhood will spur future development, will raise the property value on existing development, and the county will get to collect even more in taxes than what it has the potential to do so now. It is not a bailout. It is an investment. And if that argument isn't strong enough, I'll remind you one more time, it's the government's job to protect people and provide infrastructure. Enough with the catastrophic failure to act brought on by the outgoing members of the board. The new members of the board should join with Commissioner Holly Davis, who represents the district and has been vocally in support of this plan, and get this done, not just for those who live there, but for the good of the county. Getting to topic two, but first, uh, we just crossed 300 downloads of our mobile app. This might not sound like a lot, but getting people to search for the platform then add it to their phone requires major involvement, and 300 people have happily done so. Thank you to you if you're one of them. Maybe you're listening on the app right now. And if you haven't, please take a moment to type in Citrus County Concurrent to your phone's app store to join the over 300 others who are staying in the know on the go. All right. Uh, The full array of Chronicle commentary writers was on display Sunday. Uh, Publisher Trina Murphy, executive editor Jeff Bryan, uh, weekly columnist Courtney Stewart all had pieces and they were heartwarming, relationship building, Thanksgiving pieces, as they should be. Uh, Not too much to comment on there. Good reads. Go check them out. Well done, Chronicle writers. The Sunday editorial, however, caught my eye. The editorial chastised the Board of County Commissioners, and specifically Commissioner Jeff Kennard, saying that they should work better with the Southwest Florida Management District, colloquially known as SWIFMUD, to resolve ownership dispute over the Chazawitska boat ramp. My initial reaction to this was surprise uh, that the Chronicle would side with an organization like SWIFMUD its interest is clearly in its own perpetuity and not in the county's best interest, which is what the commission represents. And in case you haven't been following it, uh, SWIFMUD District Rep Brian Armstrong sent a strongly worded letter to the Board of County Commissioners asking for additional money in operating the Chazowitzka boat ramp and surrounding park, uh, to which at the last meeting Dr. Kennard said was inappropriate to the point of asking the board to direct staff 
to consider joining the water district to the north of us and leaving Swift Mud entirely. Uh, currently, the county pays about $2 million a year for Swift Mud services. Now, here's what strikes me as strange about this situation, and it comes from an unusual place. Uh, I'm, take, I'm borrowing lessons learned from my parents, who are both competitive poker players. If you don't understand a hand that is dealt in poker, that's okay. Just read the player. Dr. Kennard is not a shoot-from-the-hip type of intuitively reactive commissioner who is going to go to the nuclear option at the first slight. In fact, he's the opposite. He's a coalition builder who is usually the voice of reason when others fall into situations that they think need to be all one way or all the other. Uh, I don't need to name who those are here, but there are certain commissioners who you would be more skeptical of this plan to annex the county from Swift Mud over this dispute had they proposed it, but that's simply not the case here. And while on the topic of credibility, this is why I'm so critical of past editorials and their casual relationship with the truth. This piece states that the county can't just decide to leave the jurisdiction of Swift Mud, even going as far as to say, quote, that's not how this works, end quote. And I want to believe that's true. I have a lot of confidence in newspapers, having got my start in print journalism. But it also sounds like lines in past editorials that are just thrown in there to boost the writer's argument, but that don't have any basis in reality. And you might be thinking... Uh, if you want to get that nuanced in fact versus fiction, then maybe I should do the research myself. But that's exactly what the role of a newspaper is supposed to be. Job number one is to create a better informed public, not a more skeptical one. And look, also with this, I have typos all over the place, although I am a one-man show and not a staff of 120. But the typo in the acronym... Uh, that doesn't even identify Swift Mud properly right at the beginning of the piece, doesn't help with the credibility question. I'm not ready to write off Commissioner Kennard's idea, though I am open as to why the Chronicle would want to side with the independent regional agency rather than with the county. I just need something more than the claim that that's not how this works, which may or may not even be true. That's all from the Bobby Winsler Show. Follow the Concurrent on social media for the latest, and we'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social, Concurrent Facebook, Twitter. Go to the Concurrent website, post on our discussion boards, which have continued to be on fire. Uh, the Bobby Winsler Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Concurrent mobile app. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.